I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. 2021 was a tough year for many people, and while there are no shortages of challenges facing the country and the world, could there actually be a little bit of a silver lining? Maybe even a congressional silver lining in the year 2022. Let's begin with John Curtis. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're very pleased to have joining us back on the program, Representative John Curtis. Representative, you are in the great state of Utah today, so that's a good thing. That's a big deal. I Boyd, every year at this time, up until now, I've had been in shutdown mode in Washington, D.C., so I can't tell you how great it is to to be home and in the district here. Uh, it is. And obviously, it's been a, uh, a big year with uh, really wide-ranging issues that uh, have impacted the nation and the state. You've been in the middle of so many of those crucial conversations. So I want to, as we wrap up the year, I want to hit just uh, a little, a few reflection points on some of those big issues and those big agenda items and sure. uh, a little look forward as we roll into 2022. Uh, one of the big areas where you have had a significant voice and an important voice, not just representing the the state of Utah, but really the country, uh, is dealing with climate and uh, the Climate Caucus. Give us an update. Where are we? What are you looking forward to in the uh, the new year with the Climate Caucus? Well, Boyd, I've got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun uh, to talk uh, to be a Republican talking about climate. And, and the reason why is um, I think re- a lot of Republicans have wanted to engage in this, but they've stayed away from it because so much of the rhetoric is extremism. But uh, we've found a lot of success uh, with Republican talking points, conservative talking points, realizing that we don't need to destroy our economy to to be good stewards. And we've had a lot of success in Washington. Over a third of all House Republicans have joined our caucus. And uh, we're we're starting to get uh, some even worldwide attention. And it's very important for conservatives that that we have our voices heard. And I'm actually having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, That's great. And I know as uh, part of that, you actually head over to the the motherland for me anyway, over to Scotland as uh, part of an important international conversation. Well, it's the motherland for me, too. And I, I had uh, more fun in Scotland telling people about my origins to Glasgow, from Glasgow, than perhaps anything. But it, we also had some great climate conversations, and it was a really uh, powerful trip. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, one of the other areas, and one that really uh, came to light in a significant way uh, throughout the course of the pandemic, uh, is really this focus on telehealth and the role that it was suddenly able to play. And then suddenly that caused uh, a whole lot of questions about a lot of regulations in terms of telehealth uh, that we hadn't really dug into before. uh, And you were part of those conversations. Well, I feel fortunate that I landed on energy and commerce uh, and on the the health subcommittee. And we've looked uh, long and hard at telehealth. And I think we're going to look back at COVID and, and find one of the silver linings was the progress we made with telehealth. Imagine being in parts of rural Utah and, and literally being a couple hours away from specialists and 
and, uh, and, and having the advances put forward so that you could do that uh, on the phone or, or, or over video uh, is really pretty important to the rural parts of our state. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned just as we were getting ready to uh, begin recording today that uh, one of the things that you were grateful for over the course of the years, uh, the year was not uh, just being able to connect with constituents through electronics, but you actually got to start traveling the district uh, once again. What did you learn on those uh, on those trips? Boyd, I'm not sure why, but I enjoy town halls. <laughs> and, and, you know, in the thick of COVID, we weren't able to do them. And this year we started doing town halls again. And I just tell you, when you, when you ask me what I learned, there's really nothing like the accountability of standing a few feet away from your constituents and answering their hard questions. And it's just such an important part of what I do to stay grounded, if that makes sense, in, in, in what my constituents are our feeling, how they're hurting, what you know, what we could do better for them, and so I really enjoy that method of communicating with them, and it was it was important for me to get those started again. Yeah, so important uh, to have those conversations, like you say that that transparency and and having those crucial conversations really does change the dynamic. You know, it's hard to to really listen to somebody and and have a back and forth and then say, yeah, they're a horrible, awful, terrible person. Uh, you may you may still not agree with them, but you can uh, you can at least say, okay, I, I see where they're coming from. I, exactly, yeah. And there's no, like a lot of these questions people will ask me, social media gives you, you know, such a small little window to answer their question. And in a town hall, I can take 10 or 15 minutes to give them all the nuances. And it's a very different answer than I can give them on social media. Yeah, I, I think that is the thing uh, I wish we could all understand is that there is no nuance on social media, and you actually have to interact with a human if you want to get to the, to the exactly. details there. Uh, you also do a lot of work uh, on the Intel Committee and uh, looking at foreign relations and all of that. And obviously, uh, we have issues going on with, with Russia and Ukraine and what's happening there. You've also been very focused in terms of what's happening uh, in relationship to, to Hong Kong and Taiwan and that area of the world. Uh, give me some perspective on that. Well, we saw um, this year early on uh, China blow right past um, commitments and expectations for Hong Kong in, in, a, in a really scary way, and, and that makes a lot of people um, wonder and question what they'll blow right past when it comes to Taiwan. And, of course, they've been very active in, in pushing uh, their limits over there. And I think it's it's something that should concern uh, Utahns. It certainly concerns me, and I'm, I'm very worried about what we're seeing uh, happening in our relationship with China and that dictatorship, and I, I, I'm not sure we've seen the end of it yet. Yeah, and as you look forward on that, you know, I think so many people expected one of the, the strengths of the Biden administration would be kind of on the world stage, uh, some stability, some certainty, uh, and yet they've seemed to be on their back foot uh, on so many of these things, especially in relationship to China, uh, whether that's human rights, uh, religious liberty, uh, patents and copyrights. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of strong front foot, forward-leaning messages coming from the administration. What what do we need to do uh, rolling into well, 2022 as it relates to China? Yeah, I think we've got to go back to Afghanistan and realize how much that really hurt us on the mm. world stage and how much it emboldened uh, China and Russia. And uh, you have to question, would we be having these problems right now with, with Taiwan and Ukraine um, had we handled uh, Afghanistan in a different manner. So to, to, to more accurately answer your question, I think we need to reestablish our credibility overseas and that we're serious about 
uh, our role in the world of, of promoting and, and standing by those countries that share values with us and that will call out those who don't. What, uh, as you look back over the course of, of 2021, obviously a very tumultuous year in, in a lot of different ways, uh, what stood out for you? What's a, what's a positive highlight, and uh, what are you hoping for as we roll into the new year? Well, oh boy, I, I, I've got to smile a little bit because I remember 12 months ago thinking, oh, I can't wait for 2021, <laughs> right? Can, can we just get 2022 yeah. or 2020 behind us? Yeah. And it, and it, and it didn't happen. As we rolled around in, in, into 2021, we didn't shed all of those things, you know, COVID and January 6th and, and, and so many of the things that we were hoping to put behind us. But I do feel like as we go into 2022, we are closer to putting those things behind us. And I know we have this new variant coming at us. But it just feels to me like we're ready to put some things behind us and move on as a country, which I think are, are really important. And um, I'd, I'd love to see us turn that corner as a country and, and do some of the healing that needs to happen in our country. And I'm optimistic. I'm an optimistic guy, and I'm, I'm looking forward to 2022 for those reasons. Oh, fantastic. Well, Representative John Curtis, we appreciate you joining us as we round out the year. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the program early in the new year. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you and your listeners, and thanks for having me on. It's an honor to serve. And that's Representative John Curtis, and a great insight there on a host of things that took place during the course of the year. And, of course, there is a lot of hard work and heavy lifting in the year ahead as we roll into 2022. And it's going to be important to keep an eye on the Utah delegation, what they're doing, uh, because they do impact not just what happens right here close to home. They impact things that impact the country. And we'll continue to watch and follow that, break it down for you on Inside Sources. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.